Today's program has been brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and we're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, March 12th, and this is the 10th show of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Now, today we're going to be talking about restaurant websites with my special guest, and as I do on every show, I will have my PR tip, speed round questions, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. Okay, so as the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I will tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. Today's tip is about your website, and it is to set up a parked page for your website while it's being built. Now, what that means is when you're opening a restaurant or any business and you decide on your restaurant name, you will then reserve your domain name for your website. And before your website can be created, you need to gather a lot of information and materials. So while you're waiting to actually build your website, I say it's nice to put up a nice temporary page message in the interim. It can be simple with words coming soon and your logo and contact information. And if you want to get fancy, you could add a line in for people to leave their email address so you can notify them when you're opening. That way, you're already creating a database of customers who are interested in your restaurant. So that's my tip. Set up a simple parked page. It will put your customers and the media at ease knowing that your place is coming soon. Now, speaking of websites, my guest today is Crystal Mobayeni. She is the founder and CEO of Bento Box. The website is getbento.com. And it is a cloud-based platform that provides restaurants and hospitality with the tools to manage their online presence and operational workflow on one complete system. Crystal has spent 10 plus years working as a digital creative director and user experience expert for brands such as British Airways, Adobe, and Snickers. And she founded a boutique digital creative agency, Neon & Sons. She founded that in 2009. Through working with some of the best New York and international food and beverage establishments, Crystal saw an industry that was desperate need of design and technology, not only to communicate better with their customers, but to make the job of the office staff more seamless and integrated, leading to the launch of Bento Box in 2012, sorry, in 2013. So welcome, Crystal. Thanks, Sherry. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm glad you were able to come out here today. Uh, earphones not working for you. <laughs> no, they're no, they're working. It's just uh, the sound is so weird. Okay, I think the conversation's better this way. No problem. Yeah, you don't need them. <laughs> Very cool. So, all right. So, in here, in your bio, you saw in, 
that the industry was in desperate need of design and technology. So that that hit a chord with me because I I agree. I think the restaurant industry with their websites over the years were um, challenging and a lot of flash and a lot of bells and whistles, but not maybe the content that you needed. So exactly, talk about that. How you how you saw that need and then got started with Bento Box, right? Um, so we as you mentioned, worked with so many different industries from fashion to nonprofit, but um, restaurants really also struck, uh, it was a, struck a chord with me as well. I think um, for a personal reason, I mean, I'm a big fan of meal experiences. I mean, it's the, it's like a primal human tradition and um, it's where I've had my best, best experiences. So when I was working with these clients, um, I just really wanted to give back and make sure that they were having the tools to be able to do what they needed. And I think a couple of things were happening. Um, one is that a restaurateur creates an experience. And so they were trying to create this experience on their digital home, which, you know, most people who visit the sites really just need quick information. Um, they want to get a sense of ambiance, but they want to have the experience inside the restaurant. Um, another thing that was happening is that uh, in order to update their website, they were being built on what was essentially blogging platforms. So um, exp- expression engine, words, WordPress, and a lot of time and energy was being spent customizing these. Um, and frankly, it was costing a ton of money, um, which, uh, and then what ended up happening is we started skimping on features. So not being able to update the menus, um, not having it work on mobile. Um, and we started seeing a very um, specific set of features that all these restaurants needed. So instead of rebuilding this over and over again and charging an arm and a leg for it, um, we decided to create one platform that we could then license out that took care of all of this. Right. Well, that makes sense. And the way you put that, too, that how restaurants were trying to bring the experience of the restaurant to people's homes. Yeah. I never I never thought of it exactly that way. But it's true. You would you would go to the website and it would be blasting music yeah. and and it would have pictures flying all Dancing over the place. Dancing farm animals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was very as interactive as possible. And what it came, comes down to is really that people want information. And I'm wondering, though, when you're doing a, a, a standard template. Mm hmm. Now, does that take away from the creativity of the restaurant or are all restaurant websites all of a sudden going to look exactly the same? Like, How does that work? That's a really good question. Um, so the way that Bento Box works is it's a set features list, um, and it, but that does, and that's only on the back end. So that just gives them the tools to be able to update and take in the information and post the information that they need to do quickly. The front end um, of our sites are completely custom. Um, And so the way that we make that work is that um, either we do the design ourselves and we work very closely with the... um, with the restaurants and, the, and their marketing team. Or they can also use their own designer. So if they have someone they have a good relationship with that's giving them a good deal or someone that um, they like the style of who's doing their menus but doesn't have the technical skills, we work with them to be able to build on top of our platform. Oh, okay. So none of the um, sites that we have up so far right now look the same at all. Oh, and, and that's true. I mean, we could... Let's talk about them a little, because one yeah. of them is the meatball shop. Mm-hmm. I was on that, and it has, has a lot going on, because they have a lot going on. Yeah. 
Yeah, that one, yeah, they really went with the full screen imagery to really give you a sense of the ambiance. And yeah, they have five locations and they're doing large orders, they're doing group events. And um, those, and I mentioned those two, large orders and group events, because those are really um, ways that the restaurant can really monetize online um, and they can use their website to do that. And yeah, right now, smart. yeah, a lot of the restaurants don't have the tools to be able to take in that information. And then Bento Walks also, once you, um, as we make subsequent versions of it, once you take in that information, what happens to it? How does it get delegated to someone? How do you mark that someone's, um, the order's gone through or you've taken a deposit? So it's really um, becoming a marketing and operations control panel for the restaurant industry that starts with their digital home which is their website. Yeah, that's true. And they have the merchandise, too, which exactly. I saw. You know, I, I was on it. I was like, I need to go back and get one of those grinder hats. <laughs> <laughs> such fun stuff they have. They're such a cool brand. Yeah, I've been so lucky to work with such um, wonderful brands that have really trusted in my vision for Bento. And um, they've been so helpful in determining the features that we're going to build and what's more helpful to them. So like the Breslin, the John Dory have been amazing. And like you mentioned, the meatball shop, um, we just started working with little Wisco. So that that's really exciting. And oh, that's awesome. That's a big restaurant group. Yeah. I mean, a big, a small, big restaurant group. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're a lovely team. And, and the thing that was interesting about that, them is that they already had a site that they they like the look of it's it's got the grid photos on all of them and yeah, and I it's, know, I, sorry i know i've been on their website so yeah, yeah yeah so they and they didn't necessarily need a redesign but they really did do need the um capabilities to be able to update and add information um and so that's what we ended up um so we're gonna keep their existing design move them over and be able they'll be able to have those capabilities through the bento box platform yeah, well, with them, since they have six restaurants, how many? A few, they have a handful of restaurants. Six, yeah. So are, is it all going to be on one website or are they going to be? Because that's a question I always have with restaurant groups. Do mm-hmm. they just do one re- restaurant website for all of them or do they then link off to individual ones? I think it's really, um, you know, a, a business and brand decision how you see your your brand. I mean, I think that well, Wisco, they, I mean, their brands are so separate and the cuisines are so different where I think that there are some other restaurant groups where it's a little bit more similar, like let's say this, and not, not a customer of ours, but like the BLT restaurants. So maybe they, yeah, they, uh, they, they're like similar brands. Yeah. Kind of yeah, sit it. together. So, yeah. so then for little Wisco, you are doing separate sites. Uh, yeah, they're, they, they okay. already are separate sites and we're just leaving it as is and just moving it the back end onto our platform. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. there was like one main little Wisco site. Oh, there, well, there is like a, a launch launching okay. point with okay. logos that you okay. can jump to the different, different sites. Got but it. Each restaurant itself diff- has its own, has its own. Yeah. No, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's very cool. And I found going to all these sites that I think they're very easy to navigate. They're very clean. They're very because you go to the site, you can find info. It's right there. And then you click on it. You're going to find the location, the hours of operation. There's a button right at the top for menus. Mm-hmm. I mean, these things that sound so simple. But over the years, I, I, I don't think they've been um, put on the top of the list, in a sense, when designing a website. Yeah. I mean, we've, we're have we also, you know, starting to become experts in 
restaurants and digital. So we have some best practices that are just so obvious that, um, but not all restaurants are taking this into account. So for example, um, location, phone number, contact information, almost on all of our sites, you don't even need to click for. It's just right there. And that's because most of the people are going to look for that. And also, like you said, menus is always really obvious. I mean, it's something crazy. Like um, on mobile, I think over 50% of restaurant websites are not optimized for mobile. And that's, and that's just a staggering number because I think that of that 50%, probably 80% are accessing from a mobile site, uh, from a mobile device. Right. Yeah. Well, so. because that's changed over the past few years, mm-hmm. now it's common, so everyone does need to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, no, it's true. It's it's just some people are still doing it the old-fashioned way. Yeah. The old-fashioned website way. That's probably <laughs> an oxymoron. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but especially, but if you think about it, I think, like, you know, if you think of another industry, let's say, law or healthcare. I mean, when you're researching that kind of information, you're probably at your desktop. But most of the time in a restaurant, you're probably on the go. Mm. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a little break. We're going to come back. You're listening to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Today's music is Cry and Blues by the California Honey Drops on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. so far support the network and become a member membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably minded businesses that support us to become a member visit heritageradionetwork.org today Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and today we're talking about restaurant websites with Crystal Mobieni of Bento Box. Okay, so Crystal, there's, I wanted to see if we could talk a little about all the features you're offering, mm-hmm. because there's a lot. I wrote them all down here, <laughs> <laughs> but why don't, I don't know what, I mean, some of them, well, it's single menu management, you have social media integration, media galleries, press manager with link clipper, email newsletter integration, reservation system. I mean, there's a lot. So yeah, let's talk about which ones you want to talk about. <laughs> well, I mean, they, it is a lot of features, but we just, um, but to me, they just seem like the very obvious things that you would need. Um, and just, we're, we haven't created a reservation system. It's just integration. So, a so lot that's of, like with open table or something like a link. Yeah. So it's okay. like we can, we can, um, embed the widget in and we can customize it. So it looks like your site. Um, 
and email newsletter integration. There's tons of services that restaurants should be using to really be staying up to date with their customers and letting them know as the menu changes or when there's events um, or just seasonal menu changes, not even like every day. But um, there's like MailChimp and Campaign Monitor and Constant Contact, MyEmma, um, and we integrate with those. So the email addresses, when they're captured from their website, they're just sent directly to these uh, systems. Um, as I mentioned, we're a really young company, and so we're constantly thinking about how to make these better and how to automate um, the lives of the people who are our customers. So, for example, with the email newsletters, we really want to start – um, tracking when uh, our customers make changes to their site in terms of adding press and adding uh, events or news. And once they add that to the website, every week it automatically will email their customers and just let them know what's going on instead of having them having have to like manually send out that email. And I think that, you know, running a restaurant is so much work. I I always thought this was also a really interesting uh, platform that we decided to build because I always saw my second career after technology and design to be opening a restaurant. So it's very interesting that um, I've kind of taken a bridge to that. And as I've learned, it's so much work to run a restaurant, so many moving parts. <laughs> so is, so I'm is. rethinking this second <laughs> career. And I really, I mean, kudos to everyone who's done it. But um, I hear you. That's why I'm doing PR for a restaurant. <laughs> no, so, it's a lot. It's, yeah. a very, it's a very tough industry. And you're now learning about it but through helping them. Exactly. You know? And so anything that we can do to get them back to their job of running the restaurant is is what we're trying to do. Um, so exa- you mentioned the the press the press link clipper, and we have something on our platform where instead of having to post press by finding a thumbnail and cropping that image and making that work and copying and pasting the title of it and the date and everything um, from the article online or via a PDF, um, we have something where you just put in a link kind of the way Facebook works and just pulls in the thumbnail and formats it for you already and and also starts formatting a tweet or a Facebook post so you can do it all in one go instead of having to log into all these different platforms. So it's really time-saving um, steps that fit into the workflow of the, either you know, the general manager, or the, sometimes it's the owner, sometimes it's an assistant, director of marketing, director of operations, whoever is touching this platform. Um, and just to touch on some of the other ones, single menu management. I mean, that really is just like you update your menu in one place instead of having to like create a PDF and upload it and maybe edit some text or make a thumbnail, make an image. And uh, it works across, you know, all devices. So it'll look nice on mobile, it'll look nice on iPad, it'll look nice on desktop. I'm loving this. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of automation. It's a lot of automation. So. Yeah, and with the with the PR, I was going to say, I was on the websites you've done. Mm-hmm. I was impressed with the press layout, and it was very clean and simple. And, I mean, go to go back in the day when I started doing PR before websites, before all of tweets, uh, the, my job was to actually cut and paste press clips from the newspaper. I mean, talk about time consuming. Oh, wow. It was, it was such a different world. So we advanced to having to cut and paste offline, but now mm-hmm. you're even taking it a step further with, with the way you're integrating it onto a website. It sounds, it sounds 
like a wonderful tool for for PR people. Right. Right. Yeah, it's it, and it's and it's really about really understanding our one customer so well. And again, I mentioned these other platforms that we even used to build on like uh, WordPress, which is a great platform or or um yeah, I use WordPress. Yeah, and and it's essentially a blogging platform and it's and it's made for many industries. That's so, what I use it for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you're using it the right way. And but now it's become a widespread content management system and it's so robust, but that I think for this particular industry is um is problematic just because it's costly to customize and there's so many extra stuff in there that's mm-hmm. really like adding to uh, even even the low times of the site. I mean, when you have such when it's built on such a robust platform, um, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot to run it, even though you don't really need all of the features. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say a little segue here. So last week I had on two freelance photographers, Melissa Holm and Ken Goodman, and I asked them to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. And Melissa. Um, Melissa's question was, they both asked questions. So Melissa's question was about, she went and looked at your website. She thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And, but she was wondering if it's replacing a lot of jobs from these tools we're talking about, uh, being a press manager and public events listing calendar having on the site. So her question was, are you eliminating jobs? And if so, how much money are you saving the restaurant? Mm-hmm. And, who picks up this extra work? Who's managing it? And you touched on that a little bit. Yeah. Because I've, it, it seems it depends on the restaurant who's managing it. But I don't know. Are you, are you saving the restaurant? You're certainly saving them time. Yeah. So time is the big thing. Um, I would say that I hope we're not creating extra work for anyone. Um, I hope that we're creating less work. And in terms of, I don't, I don't, think we're eliminating any jobs we're, I like to think that we're like enabling people to be able to do their jobs better and the restaurants to be able to represent themselves online better because at the end of the day I think it's something like almost like 90% maybe 89% of people before they go to a restaurant do some sort of research online and you need to have um, that information up to date and currently there's a couple of things happening either a restaurant is paying somebody, their designer, developer, or um, some agency for updates. And if they're not paying them, someone's doing them a favor, it's taking a long time to turn around. Or um, the updating through one of these other platforms is really cumbersome. And so I hope that we're saving money in, in that way, that they don't have to pay someone or in terms of time. But then I also hope that we're giving them a platform that actually makes them money too. So um, encourages people to come visit or encourages them to have their private event there or order order for their corporate event at, you know, catering or, or something. So, or buy merchandise. So I hope that, um, in addition, I hope that we're not eliminating any jobs, but I do think we're making the life of, as I mentioned, general manager, an assistant of some sort, it's usually an assistant or like an intern that's doing a lot of this stuff or the, director of marketing or operations i hope we're making their life easier yeah i think yeah. you are yeah i hope so <laughs> i think so yeah. and when so when it comes to let's say a menu uh update is that something the assistant someone there they can just go right in and and change it change your price 
what are you then when 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 they need you to do a change or to do something is that more the the layout of the site yeah i mean i we're hoping that they don't really ever have to come to us for a change we we provide full documentation to make updates we do one training session is included with their fee and um and I think the platform is so easy to use that no one really has that many questions. Um, but yeah, I think if it's a major design change, major section needed to be added. Um, but we try to really um, future-proof the website. So if they know that they're opening a couple of new locations or if they're going to, you know, someone's going to come on to start blogging, like we just make sure that we're already thinking like a year ahead and make sure they have the tools to be able to do that when it's ready so they don't have to hire us again. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. And so, and Ken, well, Ken had two questions. The first was, do you need a photographer? Oh, we always, <laughs> I mean, we always need great referrals for photographers. So we do want to also, we really want to be the digital source for these restaurants. So um, it would be great to have an arsenal of designers, developers, um, and photographers ready to go. So I would love to be connected to Ken. Cool. I can, I can <laughs> take care of that. Yeah. Um, and he was, he was also wondering with, this is website designs in general, um, being that there's now templates sort of, does that mean, you know, they're not relying on designers anymore. So that role or that career is almost disappearing in a sense. Right. That's a, that's a good question. I mean, there's lots of templates that are enabling people to be able to throw up their sites quickly, um, and cheaply. And I think those are great for a huge part of the population, but there's, um, restaurants are very brand conscious like I mentioned they're really creating an experience and so most and I think even anyone if you ask if you had if money wasn't a thing and you had the choice to have uh, a template or a custom site you'd always pick a custom one you wouldn't you only do a template because you're limited in resources and so we're trying to democratize being able to get a website up and so you'll be able to have all the features that you need and functionality that you need but have a custom front end therefore costing less, less effort, less time, and so you'd be able to have the site that you want with the information that you want. So, But templates are wonderful, and I think um, there's great, a lot of great companies out there doing that. So, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I hope Ken and Melissa are listening, and they got, <laughs> they got all that. Okay, we're going to take another quick break here, come back with our speed round and industry news. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Whoa! Yeah, I 
following is an actor reading an actual customer email from Heritage Foods USA. My family and I enjoyed the Heritage turkey. It was far superior to the regular mass-produced turkeys in terms of flavor and texture. Absolutely delicious and worth the difference in price. We will never go back to the regular turkeys. It made our holidays more enjoyable. Thank you, Heritage Foods USA. Heritage Foods USA hopes you had a great holiday season. For more specials on pork, beef, and other meats, visit www.heritagefoodsusa.com. Okay, we're back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Christo Mobieni of Bento Box. Okay, so now it's time for my speed round questions. Are you ready, Crystal? I'm ready. Okay, I'm just going to give you two two preference, two choices, and you pick your preference. Got it. Okay, so eat in or eat out. Eat out. Wine, beer, or cocktail? Mm. Wine. Tasting menu or a la carte? Oh, tasting menu. You're doing very well. Oh, there's, my, there's, there's, this is my favorite type of question. There's no, there's no wrong answer, but you're, you're doing great. Yeah. Okay. Um, small plates or large plates? Small plates. I'm a small person. So. <laughs> Get try more. Yeah. Uptown or downtown? Downtown. Restaurants or bars? Restaurants. Websites with music or without music? Oh, without. Online reservations or reservations by phone? is a tough one really yeah well i think i have a theory that's a lot of places hold their reservations and don't release them to certain very large reservation um companies um because of the fees that they're taking so i always feel like i have better luck when i call in um which is you know not trying to bad mouth anything no that's it that's that's interesting yeah I, I'm an online person just because I don't want to pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. No, no, I would prefer it if it was online. But it now, but now that I know mm-hmm. that um, what's going on, I'm always I never trust it, which is the problem that's ar- arisen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do find sometimes you can. I do know if you if it's not available online and you call, they may have something open. Not always, but they may. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, a couple more. Dessert or cheese plate? Mm. Both. You can have have both. Oh, really? You can have both. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Manhattan. Cool. See? Great. Very good. Very easy. Very easy. Check plus. (laughs) All right, so we're going to talk a little about restaurant industry news this week. Uh, The first article I wanted to bring up was in Cranes titled One Venerable Italian Restaurant Replaces Another by Lisa Fickenshire. And I am bringing it up because I think it's a cool story and also it's one of my clients. So mm-hmm. full disclosure here, I'm, I'm working with Alfredo 100 and that's the restaurant that is taking over the space where Biche was on East 54th Street. So it's one Italian restaurant going being replaced by another. And Alfredo 100... Um, comes from the original Alfredo in Alfredo's in Rome, which is celebrating a hundred years this year. It was opened opened in nineteen fourteen. Mm-hmm. So 
that's why they got the name Alfredo 100. And there was also Alfredo in Rome, which was by Rockefeller Center, and it closed last year. Uh, so both Biche and Alfredo of Rome, Alfredo of Rome closed last year, and um, it was pretty quiet. So this this news kind of came out last week on Cranes, and it was a big story. So I was happy with it. Okay. Oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that or have you been to either? Um, I did see it, and but I haven't. I you know I'm downtown type of girl, so yeah. I, yeah is- so I wasn't familiar with either of the restaurants, but it sounds delicious. So yeah, no, this is this is Midtown, Uptown, mm-hmm. certainly different neighborhood than <laughs> the people. I don't know if we'll get the people that don't go above 14th Street there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it w- it should do well. It's a it's a business area you know business lunch happy hour uh so that's keeping in mind for my next meeting hey yeah Yeah. that's the only time i travel up there anyway potential clients in the neighborhood you could swing on by yeah i'd love to (laughs) all right now another story it was on cnn and then there was a follow-up piece in the new york post i wanted to mention and this was on posh new york city restaurant Roasted by health inspectors. And they were referring to, this is on CNN, they were referring to Thomas Keller's Per Se in the Time Warner Center, which is a four-star restaurant, three Michelin-star restaurant, and its health letter grade is pending. And... Saw that. Yeah. I read all the opinion articles that stemmed off that. It's, It's quite a controversy. Yeah, have you have you been to Per Se? Yeah, actually, I went for the first time very recently at the beginning of February for my boyfriend's birthday, and uh, it was uh, it was an experience. I mean, beautiful space. Um, I always do. I, it's always really long tasting menus are tough for me because towards the I've just I'm loving it so mm-hmm. much that you know towards the I think we took all the desserts home. I couldn't even. Do it, but I mean, it, it's a lovely restaurant. It L- looks clean. It is. Did you did you go in the kitchen? Because I I dined there once a couple years mm. ago, and they gave us a kitchen tour. Oh wow! And it's one of those kitchens that you dream about. <laughs> you know, you could you practically could eat off the floor. It's that clean. Yeah. So when when a story like this comes out that their letter grade is pending, and it, and it's surprising, and that's why I, Steve Cuso in the New York Post wrote a piece following up on this his his the title of his article is cities restaurant grades are all about the fines not health so he's basically saying they're finding people they're finding it's technicalities which is why what's going into you know the grade versus the health aspect mm-hmm. and i i think he has a very good point yeah no i agree i was i was it was interesting it it seemed like a way it, I don't remember what the number was, but it was like an astronomically high number of how much they bill restaurants a year for this type of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's 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 suspicious. Yeah, he was. Uh, he also said from his calculations that they're sending 19 times more inspectors to restaurants than to buildings in general in New York. Wow. He's on the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to keep an eye on that one. <laughs> so we will see what happens. I mean, I would give, per se, an A+, plus mm-hmm. for health. Yeah. From my experience and what I've seen. Yeah. Well, they said it, it, he mentioned it might be like the, the choking sign isn't displayed in the right place. It's, thing, it's things like that. Or a sink is too 
close to a door or yeah it's it's these little little technicalities yeah okay we'll see what happens with that Mm -hmm. and the last thing i wanted to bring up was today in the new york times in the off the menu column florence fabricant wrote about how jose garces who's a chef who's known mostly from his restaurants in philadelphia and he's he's a fabulous chef i've met him before great guy and he's also an iron chef so he's opening a restaurant in new york city and it's going down at Brooklyn Place, which is that new big, I don't even know what to call it. It's beyond a center or convention center. It's a whole, it's like a neighborhood <laughs> with a lot of restaurants and stores and many things going in into it. It's way down in Battery Park City and by Financial District. Oh, interesting. So I was excited to see that because yeah. um, I've been to some of his restaurants in Philadelphia and he's... They're, they're all, you know, I'm thinking about it. It's kind of like Little Wisco. Like, they all kind of have their own brand identity to mm-hmm. them, but you can see how they're all under one umbrella. Yeah, yeah. No, it sounds like a really interesting concept. And I went to school in Philadelphia, and I always credit it to, um, you know, really cultivating my love of food. I think it has really amazing restaurants. It's got a really good food culture, and it's not really recognized for it. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's I'm excited to hear that someone from there is like really starting to thrive here too. Yeah. yeah. No. Had you been to any of his places, or is that was before? I yeah. I, I think I don't think any had opened. I left in like 2004 or something. Yeah, I'm not. It, it's over the past couple of years that he's really become one of the big restaurateurs in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I think him and Steven Starr sort yeah. of have that city. Oh, cool. So he's yeah. coming here. Sounds delicious. Yeah, look yeah. forward. We'll have to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So we're going to take one more quick short break, and we're going to come back with my solo dining experience. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Breaking all the rules I'm trying to find a place with no one around I'm trying so hard not to make a sound Well, I don't know, baby Now something's changed, you know And all I can say is it ain't the same Girl, do you remember when We were hiding out Just to sneak it out Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience of the week. 
Okay, so last week I attended a wonderful dinner at the James Beard House. And it was by Chef David Lefevre, who's of Fishing with Dynamite and Manhattan Beach Post, which are both in California. Now, I'm a member of the Beard Foundation, and I've been to a handful of dinners there. And actually, the last time I was there was with one of my clients, Florian Hugo. He hosted a dinner. But this time I was just going as a guest. And the reason I wanted to go to this dinner was... So David and I worked together at Charlie Trotter's in Chicago in the late 90s. And I was a server and he was a sous chef. And I hadn't seen him in 16 years, which is pretty amazing. But I was kind of following him online and I knew he had been at the Beard House once before and I missed it. So when I saw saw he was coming back, I, I knew I had to go. So when I arrived, I first ran into my friend John Winterman, who also worked at Charlie Trotter's and that's how he knows the chef. So I was hanging out in the kitchen with John, who was there to, to assist him. And, um, I, yeah, I pretty much spent the whole cocktail hour in the kitchen. And another reason I was, I was uh, or it was just a coincidence, but I just started working with a chef. His name's James Avery. And he happened to be there that night helping out because he's met David before and he, he volunteered. So it was, it was really funny that I, I knew all these people who were, who were there cooking and helping. Um, and then I went upstairs for the actual dinner and I was seated at a communal table for 10 people and I met really interesting people. We had nice conversations while enjoying this wonderful seafood menu. And some of my favorite courses were, there was a hamachi at the beginning and then there was this koshi hikari rice with uni and crab. And that certainly was was the most talked about dish. It was really fantastic. They also had a pretzel, uh, sorry, a pretzel food cake, bread pudding, which was not so bad either. So congratulations, Chef David. It was really wonderful to see you. I'm so glad you've been so successful. It was a really lovely experience. I hope you'll come back to the Beard House and to New York. And I will have to get out to California to your restaurants too. Now, if anyone's looking to go to the James Beard House, they host dinners pretty much every night of the week. And you can go whether you're a member or a guest. It's just a little difference in the price. And if you want to find out more, you can go to jamesbeard.org. So, when you want to go to James Beard House now? Yes. (laughs) As soon as possible. It's really cool because every night of the week they do a They have chefs from all over the country coming in, all over the world, actually. And sometimes New York City chefs are there. And you get to, you know, experience their food um, without having to travel. (laughs) Sounds wonderful. So it's very cool. Yeah. Okay, so we're coming up to the end. It's time for the final question. So, Crystal, I wanted to see if you could ask a question for my guest next week. It's Jeff Allen, and he is the executive director of social media at Wagstaff Worldwide. So something about social media, something you want to know. And maybe I should know this, but what is Wagstaff? Wagstaff's a PR agency mostly, um, PR, social media, consulting, Mm -hmm. and they're worldwide, hence the name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they they represent a lot of of restaurant groups. because they're they're pretty big. They're based out of Chicago. Okay. They have a New York City office, LA office, mm-hmm. and we'll find out more about them next week. <laughs> uh, so my question would be if um, if he could give um, three specific tips to um, 
a restaurant or any establishment that doesn't have the um, finances or resources to be able to have someone constantly on top of their social media and cultivating that story and keeping their customers engaged, um, what are some tips that could you know, help them save time and seem more active without putting to, like a person on that. Okay. Very cool. I will ask him. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to talking social media next week because it's become such a big thing. Huge. Yeah. Huge. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. This was so much fun. Oh, well, I'm it's glad you a great uh, environment too. Yeah. It's very cool out here. I like, I like bringing people out here and, and, uh, it was really, I'm glad we met and we were able to do this show. So Me too. I wish you the best with it. It sounds like you're, you're getting a lot of great new restaurants that you're working with. So very cool. Yeah, very lucky. Okay, so my guest today has been Crystal Mobieni of Bento Box. Her website is getbento.com. She's on Twitter at bentoboxnyc, at Crystal Mobieni, and on Instagram at getbento. You can find me on Twitter at All Industry, at Sherry Bayer, and at Bayer PR. Those are my Instagram handles, too. And my website is BayerPublicRelations.com. Now, if you miss this live broadcast, you can find us archived on HeritageRadioNetwork.org and on Stitcher. Thanks to my engineer, Evan, Aaron Fairbanks, and Jack Inslee. I hope you enjoyed this episode of All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. This is Sherry Bayer. I'll be back next Wednesday at 4 p.m. with another live show. Hope you'll tune in then. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.